Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. We want to welcome you to episode two of the Pastor's Porch. Today, Pastor Zach and I will be talking about how every conversation matters, what the inflow and outflow of real-life ministry of the pulpit looks like. So I'm going to start today with asking Pastor Zach a question. That question is just kind of what our conversations and our topic is about today, is what does the inflow and the outflow of ministry from the pulpit look like? Well, thank you guys for being here with us, uh, first of all, and uh, thank you for the question. The, the question is, what does real life ministry look like outside of the pulpit? Uh, in, in the American church, we've got this idea that ministry happens on Sundays and on Wednesdays. We've got this idea that we we come to a place, we gather, and when we preach or present the gospel, that that is real ministry. And I take nothing away from that because that is the ministry of the church, and that is having a place to gather and grow. But there's a big part of the Great Commission that addresses our everyday life. There's a great part of the Great Commission that talks about what do we do with this message that we've received because we have received the ministry of reconciliation and Jesus has reconciled us. And when he gave the great commission, I love this account in Matthew. I hear this Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it says, and Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father of the son and of the Holy ghost teaching them to observe all things, whatever I've commanded you. And I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So when I hear the question, what is ministry like outside of the pulpit? I automatically begin to think about the Great Commission. I think about how the commission of Jesus was given unto us to have the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit of him to reside with us, to go into the whole world. And the topic of today is how do and why do conversations matter? Well, when you realize that every soul is a soul that Jesus died for, and when you realize that every conversation is a God conversation, if you speak his name and bring his word into it, then you realize the value of conversation, the value of relationship, and the value of community and placement, where the Lord has placed us. And clearly in that word, he says, I am with you always unto the end of the age unto the end of the world amen and so for me uh, every conversation when when we talk about this every conversation is a god conversation yeah I, I mean it's so true and i love um it's a commandment mm -hmm. it, it what i love about this is it's not a suggestion you know, you, you read the last verse there of, of Matthew 28 and verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. It's not a suggestion. And it's to to all men. Um, it's for the whole, it's the whole gospel for all men. Um, you know, we, we talk about the Great Commission all the time in the church. And um, I remember years ago when my dad had a, a series called Go um, that was specifically taught on, on the Great Commission and going to all parts of the world. Um, and one thing in, that I was challenged with by another pastor, a friend of mine here recently, um, with kind of this concept, uh, we were kind of talking about something else, but it still applies to this, 
is I get so focused on the future that sometimes I forget to be a part of the present. Mm. He challenged me um, is that he, he asked me the question, literally that question is he said, you focus and plan so much for the future that sometimes you miss out what's right in front of you. Amen. And it, I kind of applied that to, to my spiritual life in, in the fact of, you know, yes, it's good for the Great Commission. We take the Great Commission as going to other parts of the world when maybe we should think of it going to other parts of our world, yeah. us personally. And so what I mean by that is, as I think about myself, is what's a part of Bryant, Pastor T's life? You know, I have church. I have a family. Um, I have, you know, a daughter. Um, I have community. I'm a, I'm a baseball umpire right now. And so that's part of my world right now. Um, youth is a part of my world right now. And so how, how can I take that ministry into daily life in what I'm around right now? And, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm really going to implement in the upcoming school year is I'm going to go have lunch with kids. Yeah. That's the inflow and the outflow. The inflow is me going to have lunch with them, and the outflow is them then being able to minister to others within the school system and others around them so that they come together within the community. You know, we talked about last week of of that community um, aspect of things. And the Great Commission here is, is just so true is it's not a suggestion. And we make it like this big worldwide thing when sometimes I, I think that we have to be focused on what's in front of us before we need to be so concerned with everything outside of our, of our control and our comfort zone and outside of where the Lord has already put us and placed us. Um, and you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have a view of, um, you know, going on missions trips. It's not a bad thing. Um, to pray for other nations. But at the same time, if we're missing ministry right in front of us, then we're kind of missing the point of what God's calling or asking us to do here. I believe I believe everything you just said. And, and, I, and I think that our lack of understanding of the personal application of the Bible sometimes, um, we overthink it. Sometimes we, out, we outthink what Scripture is asking us. We outthink what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in us. And like you said, um, we may spend a whole year preparing our heart to go to another continent, but have we prepared our heart to go to our neighbor? Yeah. I mean, every day we see our neighbors. Every day we see our kids. Every day we see people in our communities, like you said, through ball or through school or through work or whatever it is that we do. And so I'm just sitting here thinking about how simple the gospel is. Okay, now, now remember we said when we started this podcast we were going to throw some curveballs. So let me just throw the curveball because this one, this one, we some of us might swing and miss, and we wouldn't do it on purpose. But the reality is this: we are very good at inviting people to church in America. Yes, we have become masters of inviting people to our brand, to our style. We've become masters of inviting people to a logo in a destination that is on this earth, but we are very weak when it comes to inviting people to accept Jesus. And when I read and follow after Jesus, I see him over here in John 4. And I'm just reminded that it was so important for Jesus to go into the community 
that he literally went to the well in the middle of the day when he knew nobody yeah. else would be there. And there was yeah. a certain woman. There was a woman who had an issue with an adulterous heart. There was a woman who had, had many husbands and she'd had all of these things where she's living in this rejected lifestyle, this, this lifestyle that has brought her to shame. And so she doesn't even go to the well anymore when everyone else is going, but she goes in the middle of the day so as to avoid everyone. And even all of his disciples went away to go into the town. And she's out sitting at the well, and we remember what happened, the conversation that happened between Jesus and the woman at the well. But the reality is, somewhere down the line in there, it comes to verse number 28, which says that the woman left her water jar and went away into the town. And she said, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. This is the Christ. Well, then down in verse 39 of John 4, it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and so for me, it's almost like in America, we got this idea that I can invite you to my brand and I can invite you to my church, but we struggle with the invitation to follow Jesus. Yeah. Now, when I read this, this woman who had no formal training, she certainly didn't have access to all the word that we have access to today. But if you read through John 4, you're going to see where Jesus met her. And when she met Jesus, she made a, a determined reality in her life right then that she left behind the water park. She was no longer uh, focused on what she came there for, but she left and went into that region and began to declare the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. And to be frank, I think it's, you know, this is probably bothersome people. I think it's a cop out to only invite people to church and not invite them to Jesus. Right. I think it's a, an easy way out. Absolutely. I think it's an easy way out for people. And no. that's, that's not what Jesus said. Well, I mean, we can take this even deeper than that if you really want to. And I may step on some toes here, but, you know, we want to be raw and real. We want to be transparent. Is I think some people um, want the image but don't want the lifestyle of Christ. And on, yeah. on that, you know, like we, we talked about, like, conversations that matter. Are we as a body of Christ having conversations outside of the church that matter? Mm. You know, going to exactly what mm. you're saying, are we inviting people to Jesus? Are mm. we having those conversations? You know, John 4 is a perfect example of a conversation that mattered between Jesus and the woman at the well. And look at the evidence from his Jesus' ministry, what the woman did. She didn't go have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, come see this Jesus, like, go back to the well. She said, no, let me tell you about the man, Jesus. Mm. She mm. didn't say, come to the well where I was changed. And, you know, I think that's where we get it so wrong in our culture today is we look more at the lifestyle mm -hmm. than the mm -hmm. person. Oh. And we're inviting people to a place where we were changed rather than inviting people to the person that changed us. So we've invited people to conformity instead of yeah. We've invited them to behavior modification Correct. as opposed Correct. to following the one who literally has set our soul free yes. from the vexed prison of sin. Yeah. And and it and honestly it, it begs the question for some people is have they played this game so long that they've learned how to master manipulate the ability to tell somebody of a church service but don't even know Jesus themselves. That's a scary thought. And it is a scary thought. It's a scary thought because 
because how easily could we all fall into this trap? Yeah. That is, you know, the culture that, that we are in. Um, I, I remember a few years ago, I told somebody they were asking questions about the church, and I said, well, I'm not in competition with anybody but one. I'm yeah. trying to pull souls from the pit of hell. Audience of one. I'm trying to pull... I'm trying to pull people from the lifestyle of darkness to the kingdom of light. And whether they attend the church across town or whether they right. attend the church 30 minutes away or three hours away, as long as the church is yeah. teaching the biblical doctrine, Christ resurrected, crucified, and the Holy Spirit. Well, with that, too, is you're, you're so right in the fact that we become where we try to prioritize a church over another church rather than prioritizing just the gospel. Yeah. Is we're like, well, you go to that church, but that church isn't as good as this church. Yeah. And if that church is preaching the Bible just because it's a different way than we like it, yeah. it's the ministry of the gospel. Yeah, Jesus said them that are not against us are for us. Exactly. Yeah, we've, we've built up walls. and, and uh, Well, I mean, you look, you look at the world around us. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at the world around us, like, they prioritize teams a certain a certain way just because of a name brand. We've name branded our churches. It's exactly what we've done. Is you know, um, we've we've made it to where when some churches are successful in a city, it now is that church's city. Right. right. Instead of it being just, hey, Jesus is being exalted there just like he is at all these other churches. Like just because. You know, some churches have um, a, a greater ministry tool, for lack of a better word to, to say there, just because they're able to do some things maybe better than others doesn't mean all these other churches are less. Well, no. And, and, and that's what I mean by like, need we, it. Yeah, they are. Every size, every kind, every... And I think I was talking to a pastor the other day in our town, and he made a comment about, about people coming to the church and I said, can I just be honest with you? I love the location of the church because it's right down <clears throat> in the middle of everything going on in the community. And I said, to know that Jesus is being preached and glorified in the heart, if you will, of the city, the city that's brings awesome. me joy. Absolutely. Whether there's whether there's 500 that attend there or 5 or 5,000, it brings me joy to know that Jesus is glorified in the city in which we live. Yeah. And 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 I think there's value in the preaching of the gospel, no matter the size of the ministry. I think we're looking at the wrong measuring sticks. Yes. And and I think we we so often want to compare and 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 look at oh this person does this or this church has this. And and the reality is what about the gospel? Yeah. Like I don't need a church that wants to make me famous. Correct. I need a church full of people that want to make Jesus, Jesus famous. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and if there's a church that wants to make me famous, then, or you, or, or anyone that's pastoring or leading here, then the question becomes, uh, how did we fall into that? Correct. And how do we get out of it? Because the first thing we should do is pivot back to promoting the name of Jesus yes. above everything. Yeah. You know? And I think it's an easy thing to fall into in the body of Christ. Yeah. Well, and we... We've made it about the pastor's ministry rather than the church's and Jesus's ministry. Absolutely. And so, you know, we're talking today about our conversations that matter and ministry 
in the pulpit, but beyond that, ministry should go forth from the church beyond the pastor. So far. And I, you know, if you want to ask me, like, just my opinion is it should be Sundays and Wednesdays should be a church full of ministers that are getting filled back up to go to their area of ministry. Right. You know, now understand like the biblical order of some are pastors, some are apostles, some are prophets, some are teachers. Sure. Understand all that. But the Great Commission, as we're talking about today, tells us that we all have a commandment to minister the gospel. Yes. And I'm reminded of the verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, 10 through 11. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Mm. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, right there, it tells us that everybody's received a gift and to serve with that gift. So as we're talking about, you know, the inflow and outflow of specifically pulpit ministry, I would go on to say the inflow and outflow of ministry within and outside the church is that um, the conversations that people have outside of church don't need to be just inviting them to a church, but they need to be inviting them to Jesus. They need to be telling them about Jesus. They need to be speaking life into those individuals. They need to be speaking truth into those individuals. It's not just the pastor's job on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night to be the only one speaking truth within the church. It should be the body of Christ on a daily basis having those conversations that matter with people around them. Man, amen. And that, that's, I was telling somebody just this the other day. You know, I, I feel like sometimes when you are the pastor of the church, sometimes you know everything, and then sometimes you go through seasons where you're the last to find out everything. And so that's just part of ministry and part of uh, a pastor in a church this size that, that God has, has placed us is sometimes people just assume you know, right? Sure. Like you just assume you know what's going on or what's what's going on in their lives. Um, but, you know, one of the sweetest things was just a, a, a couple weeks ago, I was on my long run with my, my running partner there, and I, I don't know, we're several miles into the run, and he just begins to tell me, how at his job, and he's a part of the church, uh, how at his job, God is just opening the door for him to converse with every patient, with every person that comes in his office about the Lord. And how Jesus is, is being glorified through prayer and personal conversation and all of this. And then, you know, I got back to the office and then uh, I hear tell of, uh, one of the teens in our church just going out and doing some radical things for Jesus. Nobody prompting her, nobody nobody standing over her and making her, but her going out in every relationship, in every area of her life. And, and I made the comment to the parents when that conversation got to me. I said, I'm not sure that anything could do my heart more uh. good than to hear of people adhering to the Great Commission and then living out yeah. the Great Commission in a field where I may never know what they're sowing Correct. Or, or to whom they're sowing. Correct. But I know that they are sowing the gospel seed 
into people that I will never meet until we get to glory. Yeah. And the Bible is so clear in this. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, it says that our light will shine before others, and when it does, that they will give glory yeah. to the Father, yeah. which is in heaven. It doesn't say Zach's light. It doesn't say Brian's light. It doesn't say Unity's light. Nope. It says... It says the light that has inhabited us, which we know through the Gospel of John, is Jesus. Yeah. We know that that light that is shining through us is the Lord Christ through the Holy Spirit putting on display to all men yeah. and all women and all children and all grandchildren in every nation. And then that light that is the Gospel of peace that, that comes from us is so that men and women will come yeah, that's well, I, the beauty. And I just think of it just as uh, God calls pastor shepherd over the sheep. I think I think of a shepherd. Um, there, there's not a lot greater joy when a shepherd has a flock of sheep and they produce more sheep. Right. 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 Because Absolutely. the sheep are the ones producing mm. more sheep. It the does sheep. it does good for the shepherd because mm. it, brings, it brings it um, brings you know. Talk about a physical sense; it brings more profit to the shepherd. Right. It, it brings, um, it brings you know just more sheep to take care of, which right. to then could sell, you know, etc. You, you right. get you get the point of it. Right. Well, think about that just in in the body of Christ mm-hmm. as a pastor. When you see your congregation, your sheep, bringing in more sheep, there's nothing more joyful. It's than encouraging. That. I mean, it's it's the same way as when you see when parents become grandparents, when right. their children start right. having children. Yes. The joy yes. of that. Well, why is that? You go read all throughout the scriptures. You know, when God tells us in Genesis to be fruitful and multiply, I don't think that's just in the sense of animals producing more animals and, sure. and humans producing more humans. Sure. I think it was a prophecy of the spiritual realm yes. of children that are mine. Go get and produce more children Amen. that are mine. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, that just goes right what you're talking about out of Matthew is that um, just the glory and honor that it brings to Jesus, man. Yes. There's, there's nothing greater than that. And it all stems from the conversations we have. Have to. And it all stems from allowing wherever we are at in our life to be used by Christ. Well, and I think it goes back to this. To this uh, great commission that we read earlier, when it says, "I am with you always, yes. even unto the end of the world," so it begs the question. Uh, we've kind of talked about a couple different things here, you know, and we told everyone this is going to be a very open, very informal kind of thing, and that's how we want it. Um, but the question is, we get we we're wrapping up. We got about ten minutes left. We're shutting it down. I I would ask this question. If we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, we have access to the Word of God, and we have the hope of eternity residing on the inside of each one of us, residing uh, on us, surround us, the goodness of God. Why is it, Pastor T, that we struggle to look people in the face and tell them of their need for Jesus? Why are we so comfortable looking at a cell phone and posting a Bible verse? Or why are we so comfortable putting a Jesus sticker on the back of our station wagon, right? Why are we so comfortable when wearing a cross necklace 
why are we so comfortable in making a video to send out? But when it comes time to look someone eyeball to eyeball and tell them of their need for Jesus, why is it that we struggle to do that? That's a, that's a <laughs> loaded question. On purpose. I know it's on purpose. Um, I know it's a loaded question on purpose. Um, and I may get emotional just thinking about this, but I think for me personally, what I see is we have lost the reverence for what Christ did on the cross. He was humiliated for us. Mm -hmm. He was mocked for us. Boot, beaten, beaten, bruised, beard plucked, spit upon, did it all for us. And we've lost that reverence to yes. share the gospel and people hate us. Yeah. We've lost that reverence. That's just that's just how I feel about it is we've yeah. lost that reverence is we can't look somebody face to face and then be okay and, and us being okay with sharing the gospel and then rejecting it. Yeah. We want everything to be perfect in how we say and do and so rather than continually telling them about jesus and being rejected we just don't Mm. so we don't have to go through that suffer that pain or suffer Mm. that anguish Mm. and it and it begs the question for me is it almost just how i view it is like we're slapping god in the face ourselves Mm. by Rejecting and not telling people about Jesus because we're afraid of rejection. Jesus tells us himself, like, listen, the world hates me and they're going to hate you too because you love me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have lost the ability to have reverence for what Christ did on the cross mm-hmm. enough to tell people about Jesus. Your wife, did your wife like tell you about our class last night? Because you just preached like my no. second half. Of, <laughs> you just preached the second half of my adult class last night. It was because. We were in First Peter chapter 2, and it literally talks about this very thing about, hey, listen, some of you are suffering right now, and some of you are going through these hardships, mm. but just remember, when you go through those hardships, that Christ first innocently went innocently. through hardships. He that suffered there was no, it all for us. There was no guile in him. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, in going back to the Great Commission, some of the commentary where it says, and lo, I'm with you always, it says, Hence, forever present among you as a companion, as a friend, as a guide, as a savior, and as your God. And we don't understand that. Yeah. Is that he's, Jesus suffered every part of life that we have so that he can be all of those for us. Mm. Well, and, and, I mean, that's just the reality. Like, and we, well, the, we talked about it last week, Summer. We talked about it often. The prosperity gospel has butchered what it means to be a Christian. But if you read like Matthew 10, 32 and 33, if you read 2 Timothy 2, 12, 2 Timothy 3, 12, and I don't, have, I don't have time to go through all these, but basically they talk about confessing Christ where you're at. Yeah. And then the, the ones in, in 2 Timothy talk about specifically, hey, you're going to face hardships in Christ. Yeah, and just what it, I talked about on Sunday, don't be ashamed. It's going to happen. Yeah. But but in Romans it's very clear. Romans eight it talks about that that if we suffer with him, we'll also reign with him. If if we go through these things, and I think this is where to bring this back full circle is where we stumble is we don't realize that that, that they're not really rejecting us. 
Correct. They're rejecting Jesus. They're rejecting Jesus. But we take it so personally. Yes. And we shouldn't. Yes. Yeah. And, and Jesus right. is perfection. And here's the thing. When, when you realize the value of a soul. I can't remember the theologian was that said it, but he said, how, how valuable must one soul be that both uh, the devil and the Lord are after it? Mm. You know, and, and, and we don't we don't realize that that Jesus in spirit is with us. There's a Holy Spirit yeah. that God has never been absent from any conversation you've had since the time you received him. The Holy Correct. Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Since the time you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I mean, I could even go back to the book of Proverbs that says his eyes are in every place, beholding evil and good, Proverbs 15 and 3. But uh, the Lord knows the content of your speech, and the Lord knows the content of your character, and yep. the Lord knows the content of what you're doing with his word. And this is the only thing I would ask us is that, do we realize that when we run into the bank teller, we're going to have to do a part two on this, by the way, because we're never going to get through all of it. Uh, when we get to the bank teller, or when we get to the person at the checkout stand, or the person at our job. Uh, we view most of these things as hardships, and God's trying to set us up for interactions. Yes. Just this morning, yeah. we were at coffee in Fayetteville, me and uh, Brother Ron, and we were drinking coffee, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to both of us separately about a young lady in the restaurant. And as we be we just flat out talked to her about the Lord Jesus. And as we began to talk to her about the Lord it was exactly what the Holy Spirit had said, that she needed prayer, that she was in a transition time in her life, and there were some hard things happening in her family's life, and she was actually in the process of losing a family member. Well, we could have sat there and ignored all those promptings sure. of the Holy Spirit, and we could have had our meeting, and we could have said how great it was to be in ministry, but that's not what happened. I'm not saying this to toot our own horn, but we instead engaged this, this person whom God put at the table next to us, about the needs in their life. Yes. And that woman, no doubt, me and Ron and the other people in that room, that we all experienced the loving kindness and the grace of the Lord Jesus at breakfast this morning uh, because of that interaction. Yeah, Because his spirit reaching for his daughter. Yeah. She was a believer, but she needed encouragement. Sure, And the Lord sent two preachers who don't live there to sit at the table next to her so that she could be encouraged in the, the Word of God. That's so good. That's so good, isn't it? You know, talking about being ready to have, you know, those conversations and being attentive to the Holy Spirit. I just sure. reminded Colossians 4, 6, where it says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And, you know, the Amplified Version says, Grace is pleasant and winsome, Season with salt so that you never may be at a loss. You know, and that's that's where we have to remind ourselves is you could have, both you and Ron could have easily ignored that. Yes. But you were ready with grace, with, you know, let Lord guide us, direct us, teach us, tell us what we need to say. Mm. Help us say it in a way that is, is obedient to what you're calling us to. Mm. And the conversations that were had because of that, and the effects because of that. Wow. Well, I tell you what, I don't know how we're going to close every one of these things, but I'm so moved <laughs> in the spirit right now that I think we need to close in prayer. I agree. And I agree. and and I will just say, without a doubt, we're going to have to do a part two because because 
the Holy Spirit is all over this. And, and so I just feel like this is a call to a generation. Yes. And I feel like this is a call to people to go beyond their logo, yep. to go beyond their campus, and to go beyond their idea of what church should be. And remember that Jesus has called you to go out and share him. So, Lord Jesus, we come to you today, and I thank you for your yes. word. All these verses that have touched our hearts today, all these instructions that have touched our hearts. And may we ever and all realize, every person that hears this, every born-again believer that hears this message, go into the world and share the hope of Christ yes. with every person. Lord, may you give us the strength, the power, the boldness, the ability, the heart, the humility. God, humble us where we need to be humble. Lord, instruct us where we need to be instructed and give us a love for your word. Give us a love to see people literally pulled from darkness to light. Yes. Jesus, we pray these things. Grow us, encourage us, equip us. We love you and honor you in your name. Amen and amen. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, we appreciate your support. Remember, every conversation you have, it matters. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Sports. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.